This is the Biz News Podcast, one-on-one conversations with experts in business and personal development. Brian Childress loves fractions, uh, perhaps because he is one. Well, not precisely a fraction. Mr. Childress is really a fractional chief technology officer. He joins us for this episode of Business Interviews to tell us what that really means and why he makes more money with his side hustle than a regular job. Uh, Brian, you are a fractional CTO, but there you are looking at us, and I can tell you are not fractional. You're entirely whole. What is a fractional CTO if you're not chopped up into little itty-bitty pieces? Uh, it's a good question. Hopefully I can come up with a, a good answer. Uh, so the fractional CTO is basically it's a, a an industry term that uh, explains kind of what I do. And really what I do is I work with a number of different startups and small and medium businesses to help to design and deliver on their technology strategy. So I focus a lot on uh, software development in the B2B space. Are, are you, in other words, a consultant? That's another word for it. Yeah. So uh, I think fractional CTO, there's fractional as a concept around those higher level leadership positions um, has been in the industry for quite a while. You know, fractional CFOs and CMOs, that's fairly well adopted, but the fractional CTO model hasn't quite caught on uh, in the same way. And so we're seeing uh, a bit more of that now. But yeah, a, a lot of what I'm doing these days is the same thing I was doing as a consultant 10 years ago. Why did you uh, rebrand yourself, so to speak? Uh, I think because the the work that I'm doing now really focuses a lot more on the leadership and the longer term kind of technical strategy. So when we're consulting, a lot of times we're kind of doing more hands-on keyboard type of work. Uh, we're in the work as instead of providing, you know, help and support in a much more kind of strategic fashion. And so that's why I've really kind of gone towards the the new title of fractional CTO. And, and what uh, was the event that prompted that? Or was it just kind of a evolution? Uh, I think it was an evolution uh, for me. So, you know, I've uh, been either moonlighting or full-time entrepreneur for a good bit of my career. And in that, there are certain areas that I really, really uh, enjoy and uh, feel like I do really well. And so the fractional CTO title really fit a lot of those skill sets and areas that I focus. And so I think it's just, I've kind of, worked into this new role so as a fractional cto you are that's your main job uh you also talk about having a side hustle are they the same thing uh they have been in the past they are now one in the same so now uh i am full-time in my own business uh serving clients uh as a fractional cto what uh, was the toughest thing to get your business off the ground um, I think for me, it's been a lot around kind of time management and prioritization, because as I started my business, uh, I've been working full time uh, throughout that entire uh, time period. And, you know, I needed to be able to both do a great job there at the full time job, but also focus on all the skills that were required to build a business. 
Uh, and a lot of those skills were pretty unfamiliar to me, you know, uh, registering a business and dealing with taxes and bank accounts and uh, hiring contractors and a lot of these types of things, you know, aren't something that I was doing necessarily day to day. So I had to learn those and I needed to be able to manage my time so that I made sure that my priorities kind of stayed in line and I didn't overwork myself because I was building a business alongside an existing full-time job. One of the things uh, a lot of uh, solo entrepreneurs or those with very small companies uh, tell us is that they have to be doing two things simultaneously that are absolutely critical. One is the job and two is finding new business. How do you balance those two things? Uh, I don't know if I've quite struck a good balance yet. Um, so, you know, I do try to uh, employ a very strict time box uh, strategy where I can isolate the the kind of the working on the business type of work. And so that's my marketing and my sales and lead generation. And then there's the work in the business. And I do try and separate those. And for me, what I've really uh, focused a lot on in probably the last two years is when am I able to best accomplish each one of those tasks and making sure that I'm aligning, you know, my energy and kind of where I am uh, in, you know, my mental capacity with the task that makes the most sense uh, so that I'm not like forcing the work when it doesn't make sense or I'm not excited about it and I'm not going to do my best work. When somebody uh, picks up the phone and calls you, uh, Brian, what is there a, a constant theme to their needs that you have you have seen over the years, or is everybody totally different? Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, there is a pretty common theme. Uh, so I work in the software space, typically with companies that are building B two B software, and unfortunately, the common theme is that a lot of companies either don't have good technical guidance internally, or they've received bad technical guidance uh, in the past. And so a lot of times this looks like they've, you know, maybe hired a freelancer or a development ag agency to build out their platform. And it just, it wasn't the right solution. It either uh, was too expensive, too cumbersome, uh, didn't actually address customer needs. And so a lot of times when I come into an organization, it's to you know kind of turn around that ship and get the business back going in the right direction. So typically, you know, a lot of the work that I do is to simplify what has been built and kind of make sense of things so that we can start moving in the right direction. It sounds like you, you have to untangle a, a fishing reel that has been badly snagged. That's a great analogy. It really is. Uh, so that's a lot of what I do. I end up kind of coming in, figuring out what has been done and, you know, unfortunately unwinding, you know, anywhere 50 to 80% of, of it at times. And then you have to essentially help them rebuild that 50 to 80%, correct? That's exactly right. Yeah. In terms of leadership skills development, what do you do? Uh, I, I try and, uh, I read a lot. So I really try and consume a lot of content. Uh, for me, that's in audiobooks and uh, podcasts and, and you know, um, recorded videos, conference talks, that sort of thing. Uh, and then I also really try and push my own comfort level and find opportunities to lead in different scenarios. 
Uh, so even if I'm not necessarily the leader in the, the front of the room kind of dictating what's going on, I try and find ways to really push myself in those leadership capacities. So this may be working with someone uh, that has more experience than me or less experience than me in certain areas and really trying to find ways that I can help in you know their journey and uh, providing great insight uh, while learning for myself. As, as you look back over the past couple of years, as you have developed your own business, what do you uh, tell people when they say, give us a success story? <laughs> um, I, I think there's quite a few, but one that really kind of comes to mind. Um, so I was brought into a, a project uh, the beginning of this year, and it was a very much kind of the, the story of you know, someone, a company had received some you know, less than ideal technical guidance and had followed that technical guidance to a T. And unfortunately, it led them in a very bad direction. And so when I joined the project, they were, I don't know, three, maybe four weeks behind their final delivery date. So they were very behind schedule. Kind of nothing was working end to end. There was a lot of confusion and a bit of tension among the team. And so when I joined, I kind of came in. Uh, oh, and to add on to that, the deadline that had been passed, it was an immovable deadline. So a lot of times in software, you know, we kind of make up these deadlines like this is our goal. Uh, this one in particular had a an immovable deadline. So if we missed the deadline, we were just kind of toast. Uh, and so when I came in, uh, I very quickly, I kind of knew the pressure on the team and the, the need to deliver. And so I got right to work and within a, a day or so had completely, you know, kind of that 50 to 80%, that was definitely towards the 80% of what we removed to get things working, um, pulled everything out, kind of got the team aligned around a new vision. And we were able to start kind of rowing in the right direction, if you will, within a couple of days. And then from there, we were able to add on additional teammates, really start to scale the application that the team had been working for six months or more on, but just wasn't seeing the, the traction that they needed to see. So uh, when I joined, we kind of turned the ship around, got everything moving in the right direction. And you know, ultimately, the, the client was happy. We were able to deliver. And really, things went uh, really well after that. But there was definitely a lot of tension and stress during that period of time. So you know, I think for me, I really tried to support the work that had been done and the team that was continuing to kind of put in those long hours. I don't want to take business away from you, but why on earth do companies get into these binds? Sure, they're not run by dunderheads. They're smart people <laughs> running these companies. How do they make these stupid mistakes? There are a lot of smart people. Uh, you know, I think, it, unfortunately, technology is a bit of a, you know, a black box. It's a very mysterious things for folks that don't necessarily have a technical background. And, you know, to be honest, a lot of the business partners that I have uh, could have a technical background, but they may have other competing demands. You know, they're trying to continue to grow the business or win new contracts or scale the team. And so they kind of lose sight of the technology itself. And so I think, you know, it, unfortunately, th these things kind of get away from us. Uh, and if they don't have somebody in that technical seat kind of steering the ship in the right direction, then unfortunately, because it's, it's, it's a bit of a mystery, then we kind of just follow whatever guidance we get. And unfortunately, it's, it's not always the best guidance.
What do you uh, tell your clients as you have finished up the project and you're headed out to find the airport again? <laughs> uh, I want my clients to always feel comfortable that they can reach out to me anytime that I am there to help uh, and support their project. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of funny. I worked on delivering a project maybe seven years ago. Uh, it was a really, really fun project to work on, worked, uh, you know, a distributed team at the time. And, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago, they came back to me and said, hey, can you help us out? Because we've gotten ourselves into this pickle. And because you're, you know, we're part of that original team that built out the platform. Uh, can you give us a hand? And so, you know, that's just, you know, one story of probably many where, you know, I want to make sure that my clients and my customers really know that I'm there to support them and their success long term. So, you know, I, I'm not a, a fly by night type of operation, or at least that's my goal. Now, what about artificial intelligence? How will that affect your business and just uh, ordinary business dealing with IT issues? Uh, I think it's really, really impactful. Uh, you know, a lot of times we're hearing it kind of compared to mobile uh, coming out or even, you know, <laughs> depends who you listen to, maybe even the advent of the internet. Uh, as far as the power of AI on the way that we kind of live and work day to day. Uh, I, I don't know if it necessarily has that same level of impact. You know, uh, I could certainly see that reasoning. Um, but for me, I think AI is a really, really powerful tool. And I see it as a tool. I see it as a multiplier for the work that we're doing. So, you know, for me personally, I'm using, you know, generative AI and a lot of other types of AI or machine learning to really empower and propel the projects and the, the businesses that I work on and with every day. So we're, we're consuming and we're generating a lot of information. How can we start to make sense of that? And AI and especially generative AI is a great way to kind of make sense of that from a business perspective. Brian, do you have an AI crystal ball where that'll take us in five or 10 years in business? I think we're going to see it really start to take hold in the enterprise, in businesses, I would expect in probably three to five years. And really what I see happening, and we're, we're seeing a lot of it now, a lot of companies are kind of springing up the focus on this space, but it's really uh, leveraging AI uh, and some of the other tools to just making sense of the data uh, that we have. And for a lot of us, that's data that's pretty disparate across the organization. So that could exist in, you know, different documentation and wikis and, and chat and communication channels. And so I think what, what we're going to see as far as, you know, adoption in the business is just trying to make sense of all of those different pieces of information so that we can start to ask and understand what already exists within our organization. And then from there, I think we're going to continue to see a lot of data adoption. You know, a lot of the projects that I work on have a strong machine learning focus. And so we're going to see continued focus on the data that we collect and how do we understand and leverage that data to better serve our customers. We're going to continue to see a lot in that space, I would predict. So we don't have to fear the robot walking down the aisles towards us. I don't have any concerns. I really don't. But do you have a website where people can get more information and get in contact with you? Absolutely, I do. So Brian uh, brianchildress.co is my website. And then I'm also very active on LinkedIn. And I encourage folks to 
reach out and connect with me there as well. I'm happy to schedule a call and, uh, you know, have a chat. Brian, what would you like to talk about that I haven't been bright enough to ask you? I think uh, for businesses, technology is, or every business is really a technology business at the end of the day. Uh, you know, and we're seeing a lot more adoption in that. So the one thing that I would encourage us to maybe have a, a conversation about is how does technology fit within a business and just making sure that we're making smart technology decisions. So especially for a lot of, you know, what I see in startups and small businesses where they're uh, building custom software, I think just kind of keeping it simple and really focusing in on what is the problem that your, your business or your software is intending to solve really, really kind of having a laser focus on that and not being distracted too much by the new and shiny technologies that are out there. AI is is certainly one of them. Uh, you know, I see it as a tool in our tool belt. For sure. You've been listening to the Biz News Podcast. We welcome your input. Send your email to editor at biznews.com. That's B-I-Z-G-N-U-S dot com. Thanks for listening.